Hello, David Zritsky for The Bond Experience. Welcome back. All right, we're in the New Year's. Uh, it, it probably means that the whole moratorium, the, the, the ending wall of saying Happy New Year to people is fast approaching. If it's not already here, I think it's just a couple days into the New Year's. So it's a great Larry David episode that uh, for Curb Your Enthusiasm that focuses on that where someone's saying Happy New Year in the beginning of February, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah. yeah, that time has passed. So I think, I think we're probably there as I, as I post this, that, um, if you're running into people for the first time, I guess it's okay. But, you know, after the first week or two of January, maybe don't. The other thing I want to talk about today, and really the crux of this podcast, is the whole idea of New Year's resolutions. Now, I want to be very transparent with you. You kind of deserve that. When I was in my younger years, I'm talking late 20s, certainly 30s, maybe even early 40s, I would relish, mmm, hot dog. I would relish the idea of creating New Year's resolutions, really epic, strong ones, you know, transformational ones. Probably sometime in the beginning of December, I would plan them out. I would have uh, specific project management plans of action of how I'm going to execute against them. Usually they would involve anything from weight loss or fitness or diet, um, eating, drinking better. It was usually something about, you know, consuming and health and uh, usually. I mean, sometimes they were around work or focus, but those were like tweaks. Those were New Year's resolution tweaks. But the big epic ones were, you know, I'm, I'm going to have this massive change and I'm going to turn this around. And this is something that's bothered me for the last year and going into the next year. It won't bother me anymore. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be going from a larva to a butterfly and, and appear beautiful and fly into the sky and all will see me and my resolution. And I would post about the resolution and I would chat about it and I would tell friends and family and bore them. And well, you probably understand just the way I'm talking about it right now. My attitude today as I'm in my mid-50s around New Year's resolutions. Um, here's how I feel about them. I, I don't think there's ever a bad time. There's never a bad time to pick yourself up, look at yourself in every way, every shape, every form, and understand where you need to get better, where you need to improve, what are your perceived disconnects. I do think it's very problematic to put a date on this or a calendar because self-improvement changes that you want to actively do in your life should not have an expiration date. And to me, it shouldn't really have a start date. Because that's where problems arise. Look at the diet industry. The diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And the reason it is a multi-billion dollar industry is it depends on individuals saying, next week on Monday, first thing, I'm going to start on my diet. And they do. They, they spend money on the diet. They, they buy plans. They join clubs. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If that works for you, I applaud you. But the problem is, is that you're setting it to a particular date Rather than just say, you know something, right this second, something occurred to me. There's an improvement in my life that I want to seek out, and I start right this second. 
You know, somebody puts this delicious, gooey chocolate cake in front of me, and I have choices. I could eat the whole thing. It's the size of my head, but I could eat the whole thing. And you know what? I'll start my diet tomorrow morning. Or I could take a forkful or two, get the taste, get the taste in my memory, over my taste buds, enjoy it, and then put it down because do I need to eat this giant piece of chocolate cake to satisfy my hunger? Should I be filling my belly with the chocolate cake? Well, of course not. I don't care who you are. The answer, of course, is going to be no. So why on earth would you start a diet and say, you know something, after this? Because you know something, that's a lie. You're never going to start it, or you're going to start it, and it's going to be short-lived. And it's the same thing with New Year's resolutions. I think there's some weird stat out there that something like 72%—who who does these analytics and research and stats? It's all a bunch of bogus mama mama. 72% of New Year's resolutions are broken by the end of January. I'll say that again in case that stat is real. 72% of— New Year's resolutions are broken by the end of January. And by the way, 68% of all statistics are made up. Oh, didn't see that coming, did you? But, but truly, my point being is that a New Year's resolution is like what M says, uh, the French say, that glass is destined to do, and that is to break. You are destined to break the New Year's resolution as opposed, as opposed to saying, I'm going to make some evolving life choices that are going to change over the time. They're going to be tweaked. They're not all going to be the same. They're not going to have beginnings, middles, and ends because life, at least as long as you're living, doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end. You know, it's not, I want to lose 10 pounds by the end of January or I want to stop eating sugary foods. It's that I need to make some changes in my life overall. And I need to create patterns and behaviors that are going to last a lifetime, not one year. Now, this sort of flies in the face, this whole discussion of me saying, you know, New Year's resolutions, why even create them? By my opening barrage of conversation of saying, you need to make changes and any time is fine. So if you were an arched eyebrow, Roger Moore type of individual, you should sit back and go, there's a, f- there's a valuable full letter word, and you're full of it, David, in the sense that why wouldn't it be a good time to start? You know, why, why wouldn't a holiday, which is like a starting gun to the world of changes in your life, be that appropriate place to start? It is fine. In other words, if you're using New Year 2024 as a way for the starter pistol to sign, and that works for you, that's fine. My whole point is... Try not to put the confines, the guardrails of time and space around it. Make those changes and say, this is how I'm going to be for the remainder of my life. For example, sugar. I know more than a few people, young people actually, not just old, you know, cockas like me. Younger people that are reducing or cutting sugar out of their lives. And it's, look... It's a scientific proof. I know we love sugar. We become addicted to it. It's more addictive than cocaine, allegedly, um, which I would kind of believe if you have a sweet tooth, you know that that feeling you need something, you're craving something sweet and you get that sweet and you can't really stop eating that sweet. And so they want to reduce the sugar in their lives. Well, 
that's something where it's not just a dry January. It's not just saying, I'm going to stop drinking in January. And it's a, it's a moment, it's a month. It's actually a lifetime embracing engagement of wellness, of understanding that sugar can cloud your mind, it dulls your senses, it, it slows down your metabolism so it's harder to lose weight and to gain muscle, that you know, sugary foods, you know, especially you know, ones that are refined, they uh, add to all types of comorbidities in your life, and especially if you're a little overweight. I mean, it's just, it, it adds up. So that being said, if you take a look at your labels, for example, and take a look at the sugars and where the sugars come from and, and make a study of it. Don't make assumptions that it's just from Twinkies, that it's from other places, and you reduce those. Maybe not expel them altogether because going cold turkey is sometimes a recipe for eh, not the greatest success. But understanding that and making a study of it, suddenly it becomes a lifetime choice because you know the consequences of sugar. That's just one example. There are so many examples. Now, I just mentioned dry January. And again, this is one person's opinion. It's my Bond channel. I get to share my opinions. Sorry. You want to share yours? Start a Bond podcast. We should. But we got to talk about James Bond and drinking, right? Now, I enjoy a drink every now and then. I have a rule when I go to a party usually, um, especially if it's a corporate party, uh, I have a two-drink rule, meaning I'll have one or two drinks. I'll have them right in the beginning, uh, so I have plenty of time to kind of sober up and engage. But, you know, every now and then during the week, I will have a drink in the evening over a social conversation with my wife or watching a movie, etc. What I don't do is a dry January or a dry February or whatever month, but a lot of people do dry Januaries. And I understand that there's a certain awareness to doing that. They're trying to create an awareness. They're also trying to see if they can do it, you know, how their discipline is. But to me, I think it's just so short term. I mean, why is it a dry January? I mean, I, again, people have tried to explain it. I, I understand the thinking around it. But from a resolution standpoint, especially for New Year's Eve and, and for self-improvement, what is it exactly doing for you? I mean, I, 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 don't doubt that at the end of January, if you stick to it, if you truly stick to it and don't break it, I'm sure you feel better. Look, I'll be the first to say, you know, alcohol is a pleasure of mine, but it's a vice. It's a vice of James Bond's that I accept and I, I enjoy. Um, not to excess, but like everybody else, what would you call a casual drink? But what's happening at the end of January? I know so many people that are actually planning a party or a major dinner or, as people call it, a bender at the end of January to break it. And then they're back on the rung. So why? I guess my point being is, with New Year's resolutions, it's not a bad thing to do it, but if it's going to be a temporary fix, if you know you're going to break it, if you know that, quite frankly, it's going to be just a moment in time, ask yourself, are there ones that you should refocus on that can be lifetime changes that really make an impact in everything that you do, in who you are, in your physical and mental makeup. Those maybe are the better concentrations for those tweaks and changes in your life. And maybe not to go cold turkey, but to make slight changes over time. The whole idea of, you know, little moments, little moments add up 
to big impact. It's true. It's not just a Bond thing. Anyway, that's my thought about New Year's resolutions, tweaks, discipline, and all that type of diatribe. Whatever you're doing, of course, we will support you here at the Bond Experience. Let me know how you feel about all this. And in the meantime, I'll let you go. Ben David Zeritsky for the James Bond. James Bond? What am I doing? The Bond Experience. I swear I haven't been drinking. It's too early. We'll see you real soon. Take care.